five, four, three, two, one. Playback, please. Press bar marked visual playback. Appropriate replies. Watching. 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 He is the, uh, the candidate running for the Alberta Independence Party for Laxey and Whitecourt. Um, I'll just throw this off to the side here so that we can just have a more natural conversation. Just you betcha. Easiest way to do it. So I already uh, sent Gordon a list of questions and stuff uh, last night so he could uh, review them and such. And um, for um, just so you know as well, I've been asking everybody the same questions. You know, the idea that. If we can do it in the interviews in the same place with the same sorts of questions, then the major differences will be in the content and stuff that we talk about. That's a fair way to do it. Yeah, that was my hope. So it's uh, nice to be hopefully proven right. We'll see. <laughs> so the, the very first question I was really curious about was how did you get into politics in the first place? Well, I was on uh, the village council in St. Gudo. Okay. Uh, I guess my last term would have been 20 years ago. I did three terms there. And basically, I got in because I thought things could be done better, and I enjoyed it. It was a good experience. I liked being around the people. I liked what was accomplished. And we did do some good changes, but unfortunately, we went back to Hamlet status. That was after I left. But uh, 400 people cannot support what the world demands now. You need water, wastewater people, they're high-priced. Unless you share services, you just can't do it. And life took over, and 20 years later, I'm feeling the same way on our provincial politics, is it can be done better. Mm-hmm. So that's why. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I ran into the same thing as well. The, the, the village that I had, uh, I was living in for about 13, 14 years when I was a teenager. Um, it's in central Alberta, a little place called Mirror, Alberta. I don't hear very well. Ah, cool. So they were a village planning to grow to a town, and instead they went backwards into a hamlet for exactly the same reason. So The cost of operation are prohibitive for that number of people, for the uh, qualifications that you have to have. Plain and simple. Because these people do not come cheap with these credentials. To, and a handyman is almost a thing of the past in public works. Yeah. Everyone has a specific type of job rather than one duo. Yeah, we uh, actually this morning my wife and I proceeded to uh, repair a thermostat for a friend of ours using a soldering iron and the rest of it. So we're probably about as handy as I can think of anybody in the area now. So That's the thing. It's, it's gone by the wayside. The little fix-it-yourself place, or get it fixed. Take your car there, and they actually take something apart and repair it and put it back in. That's gone. It's now a remove and replace world, and it's really funny when you look at it that way because we are supposed to be more environmentally friendly, more environmentally uh, conscious, 
yet we buy throwaway items rather than buy things that can be reused or repurposed or repaired. Yeah, because then you wind up with more going into the landfill as opposed to actually just having a, a, an easy spot where you can go and drop off any of the old items so they can be recycled easily as well. Exactly. And I remember reading not too long ago, China was uh, shutting down one of the major recycling programs that they operate. So a lot of the ability for us to recycle is going to go away in about two to three years. Yeah, a lot of our uh, products will ship back over there to be recycled. Uh, a lot of third world countries are recycling, and some of it is very dangerous what's going over there for those people, and that should be looked at as well. Like, just because our people shouldn't do it doesn't mean that their people should. Yeah, exactly. So, so the next question I basically have as well is... Um, now, I was, I was curious why you're running for the Alberta Independence Party as opposed to, like, let's say a less conservative, uh, sorry, a, a more conservative, let me rephrase that, a less conservative party like the NDP, which currently is in power, so you have the ability to get um, in potentially to do your gender a little bit more. Well, the AIP, uh, Alberta Independence Party, comes pretty much down the middle. We have a social conscience but we want to put in things to make it so that it's a viable type of thing to actually better yourself. Uh, with the Alberta Independence Party, when Dave first conscripted me to go on, one of my major things to run was a party does not win. The party has got to allow the members to represent their people, not the party. And this has always been a real pet peeve of mine is once you have get in power, the party that's in power votes with the party, not for what the people in that area want. Mm-hmm. That was my major thing with this, is we will represent the people first. Another thing that I really like is we will introduce recall legislation. If someone is not doing their job, they should not have a paid position for four years to continue doing a bad job. They should be accountable. Exactly. It's recall is um, one of the I think the major things that we have lacking currently. Just the ability to go and say to somebody, you know what? Um, you've been voted off the island. Get out of there and let's put you back in and put somebody else in who will do the job. I think that's a phenomenal thing that we have missing and the Westminster parliamentary system as well, I think it was founded on the idea that for a democracy you have to have the ability to have your people represent their people as opposed to you vote along a party line which turns into a um, an oligarchy. Yeah, it goes in a circle and it doesn't benefit the people that put you there. And you're supposed to be there to do something for them. Now, we've got 87 ridings in Alberta and we can't say that what we do as a whole for a party will work for all 87. There are different demographics, there are different geographics, there are different people. And the needs can be different. So we have to look at it in a little bit different way than what has been done in the past. Because what works for Edmonton or Calgary probably won't work for Black St. Anne. Or Grand Prairie. Yeah. It different. It's a different world. And as it is, you go from Grand Prairie with the lifestyle, the type of uh, demographics, and the way that people live and work. It's completely different than Southern Alberta. Like you go to Lethbridge, it's a different world. And we can't expect that the same things are going to work the same, work to benefit either way. And exactly. Okay. Um, so, so, 
I've mentioned this in a few podcasts, and if anybody has seen this, and seen me talking about this, you're probably sick of it by now. But um, when I was a kid, I had a, a grade six teacher who basically really turned me on to science by going and saying, explaining to me the concept of tidal locking. Because when I was growing up, excuse me here, I just finished some food a little while ago. When I was growing up, I saw the same face on the moon, but I'd see the shadow go across it. And I always wondered why we always have the same face on the moon, and he explained the concept of tidal locking, which is the moon is rotating just fast enough to, to always maintain that same face. And that changed things for me as a kid to where I got more of an interest in science. So what kind of a watershed sort of moment have you had that upset you under the course of your own? You know, that's that question. I watched uh, uh, Shane Getson uh, O'Neill Curry with their answers, and I had to really dig deep because I had to really think on this one. Because that's, that's a, a life-changing moment when you end I actually thought on this a lot. My time came, uh, I was 26 years old. My first child was born. I was in the living room. And I thought at that time, it's time for me to grow up, to step up and make a difference, make sure that this is a better place for my kids. That was my moment when my child was born. Because it's one thing to do. To be out there with no responsibilities, but all of a sudden when people are dependent on you, that's that's a different thing entirely, yeah. Exactly. Up until that moment, life had been pretty free and easy. You know, young married couple, uh, good job, life was pretty good. All of a sudden, there's somebody else going to count on you, and they, they have no other option but to count on you, and you have to be the person to step up. And that's when I realized that was a real change moment, a real growing moment. And it helped to shape your future life as well because everything becomes for them. So running for politics is one of the, I noticed on your website, is one of your major motivations because you're looking to leave something better behind for your family. Yes. Everybody right now has been living in a pretty good situation in Alberta up until this last four years. It's been a really tough go for a lot of people. And it's not all the one political party. It's been an economy. It's been a world thing. And to get uh, things up and running again so that my kids and my grandkids don't suffer the effects of this is very important. I don't think that it's right that we sit back and just allow this to happen and maybe some of us benefit more from political changes that are going to cost future generations we shouldn't leave that this is a legacy. We need to fix this. Agreed. Very much so. Because otherwise we turn into, I was going to say, not even a third world country. We turn into a situation where everything is completely unlivable. Almost like a fuel system at that point. Yeah, and it's not fair to do that to someone else. To leave our the, the quality of life that we have enjoyed here. And if we want to continue to enjoy it at the pace we're going and in the direction we're going, down the road, that quality like can't exist. We're going to run out of money, and it's going to be taxed on to our children who aren't going to get the benefit of what they're paying for. That's just wrong. Okay. Let me just ask you the next one here. So, one of the, the things that I, I'm talking to O'Neill is... The amount of time that he spends on the road and, and um, 
basically the, the toll that he has to deal with um, as a result of being a, an MP. Like, I ran into him um, probably about three or four times here, but that's I've actually seen him more than I've ever seen any other MLA. So, what as a uh, if, if you were to become successful as becoming the MLA for, for Laxing M, what kind of a toll do you think that that'll take on you and your family? I don't think it's going to take that bad of a toll on us. I'm a truck driver, self-employed. I'm away from home a lot already. Um, I think that uh, it's not really going to be that much of a change. I'm going to be away from home a lot with this. And one thing about this is there will be functions and stuff where the wife can attend. It's really hard for her to go with me on the road in a truck. And with the kids, we get to see them as, as often as we have been. I don't think it's going to be that much of a life-changing difference for us. It, it's what we've kind of lived all our lives. Cool. I, it's probably one of the best answers I've heard so far because everybody else they basically said, well, it's going to be... Um, you know, it's going to be difficult. I'm going to be having to be away from the family a lot. But for you and your family, it's something that you're already used to, so it should hopefully be a, a fairly seamless transition for you. Yeah, and you make the best of what you can when you can. I'd rather have 100% on quality than 20% on quantity. Exactly. To give your family a chance to get sick of you. Absolutely, <laughs> and they do. Nice. So... Other than that, um, I'm just thinking that's, uh, that's the, the list of questions that I'd asked everybody previously. So not, I'm just going to ask this question just because it's, you're in a unique situation um, as opposed to, um, let's say, Shane or O'Neill. So I'm just going to ask, what kind of, um, uh, what kind of a plan, like, Basically, the Alberta Independence Party. This is one of the things I'm curious about. Um, is it is the goal independence or is the goal renegotiation? The goal is independence, but a vote for the Alberta Independence Party is a vote for the party. That does not mean we're suffering. After the votes are counted and we win, if we win, we're planning on winning. Yep. Um, then there will be a referendum. Now, anyone can vote, use their vote to put in the party. Then the referendum vote comes up. We need to get 50% plus one vote to proceed with separation. That doesn't mean we're going to get that 50%. You can vote for me to represent, but vote against separation. That's where a lot of people get confused. They seem to think that as soon as you vote, you're voting for separation. Mm -hmm. You still have another vote to decide that. Uh, Ideally, Alberta would be better off separated from the Dominion. But that's up to the people. That's going to go to a referendum. That's another thing about this party. Mm-hmm. The people are going to have a say. We're not going to dictate, which we've gotten too used to with our governments. Right. We are told the people should have a say on these important issues. And that is important. Absolutely. It's about as important as it'll get. Um. Because my understanding, again, just watching some of the stuff that happened in Quebec, it's quite a constitutional challenge to actually get a province to leave Confederation. It's not easy. It would take four years. It would t- it's a four-year transition to do it. That's why if we get elected, there will be a referendum immediately, within four months, completed. Mm-hmm. And if separation is then, 
that's when we start making the moves and it'll take a full four years to get it completed. Will it be like a Brexit process or? Brexit I'm not totally familiar with. I've had it explained to me so many different times and the more it's explained, the more it confuses me. Okay. Well, the Brexit is a little bit different than the fact... Oh, go ahead. It's okay. Um, Brexit is a little bit different than the fact that you already have been in a country, but you have economic ties that go through and create this quasi-octopus-like state of economic being, but you still have independent countries. So what they're looking to do with that is they're looking to break the the economic and legal ties that the United Kingdom has into that big conglomerate, but they want to maintain the trade relationships and such. Okay. Well, we're going to have to maintain relationships, but it will be on a different level. Uh, we'll deal with uh, USMA with our own type of free trade agreement. We would have to develop something that works better for Alberta. The one that's in place works fine for down east to a degree. I'm not a not real fan of it. Yeah. Uh, I think it could have been a better deal. Uh, we would then be dealing with uh, British Columbia uh, as our closest neighbor, Saskatchewan. Uh, I think they'll be following it. Uh, there's a lot of noise and separation there. If indeed this goes the whole route to separation, we're looking at three provinces that will probably go this route. There's a lot of discontent because we're not represented in the East. Actually, uh, the United States has the same problem as well. There's talks of the, uh, what's it called, the, the Republic of Cascadia, where you actually have uh, Montana and Idaho and, and Washington State and B.C. and Alberta and Saskatchewan and essentially the Yukon all forming one country together. So. That would be very interesting to look at. It, there could be pluses and negatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, I for one am not a fan of joining the United States. I think Alberta is rich beyond what the U.S. of A. can offer to buy or help us with. They will help themselves to it. That is my opinion, because that's the way the Americans seem to work. Well, I think it's one of the reasons actually why we have such a an ep- economic roadblock right now with getting our oil out of Alberta is because right now it benefits um, the Americans to buy our oil at $13 a barrel through a north-south pipeline, and that's why we're not getting an east-west pipeline, because if we can get the coast to China, then we get world prices, and if we can get it out to energy east through, then at that point we're looking at at least closer to world prices. The problem is, is the people with the big money are hiring people to conscript and brainwash, so to speak, even our own people to thinking that we have dirty oil, that we're non-environmentally friendly. Uh, I've been at, I've worked at a McMurray a lot, and they're, they're cleaning up the world's largest oil spill. They, they are doing wonders up there. Of course, it's going to look bad while you're in the process of it because it, it is a process. Mm-hmm. But uh, these other countries, uh, their money is they're looking after themselves. Which, you know, realistically, your responsibility is to your citizens, so that totally makes sense. Well, to the, their responsibility they're using to their wallets. Yes. Not to, not to the citizens' wallets. It's all to their wallets, and we are paying the price for it. we got to stop that, too. Agreed. 
Well, that's about the extent of what I had. I just, I really wanted to ask you about the, you know, some of the goals of the Independence Party because that's again, you're in a unique situation. The other guys aren't in too, right? Well, we are new. Um, like we just made our 44 the day after the writ was dropped. We needed 44 MLA candidates registered as independent to band together to form the Alberta Independence Party. We had nine days from there, and we had 19 more candidates on board. We're running 63. Had we had another month, we would be running a full slate of 87. We have that much interest. We have that many people that are of the same mindset that we can do better. So, I agree. There's a lot of a lot of mention on Facebook. A lot of people are talking about the possibility of doing a um, an independent Alberta. And I think I've seen it ever since the days of. Uh, Oh, we're talking CHP as well, years and years back. But uh, I think this is probably the closest I've actually seen it to the surface. Yeah, it's, this is history-making. It's the only time in history it's ever been done with bringing 44 independents together to form a party. Dave Bentley-Yorkman has done a fantastic job. It took him four months to get me to come on board. <laughs> I, I've been a dynamo conservative my entire life. And I kept looking and looking. I was getting less and less happy. And then I started to get angry with it. And, no, this has got to stop. It's just, there's no realism there. Well, even if, if uh, EIP doesn't win, what I'm hoping to see at, at the very least is people recognizing the fact that, that this has been one of the most unique periods in Alberta's history because we went from a, basically a fur trading area of Canada to being um, a very developed section of the country that's being ignored. And I think that's something that at least if there's a large percentage of the vote that goes for AIP, I'm hoping at the very least that that'll be recognized and that'll be addressed in upcoming um, legislatures if, again, if the AIP doesn't win. So. Yeah. Well, my minimum hope is to form the opposition. That is my minimum hope. We've got a lot of good people. We've got some great leadership. I don't see us not having some success. I hope so. Because we've had so many majority of here as well where it just you don't get democracy happening in the majority. Well, our corrupts absolute power corrupts absolute. Let me just end this off because I think